Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Doing good? Wow, look at that great, I see some great ugly sweaters in the house, and some of you are like blinging at me, and uh, I like that. I, I think you should wear that every Sunday to church, just like, you know, bling, and I love it. They made me take off my ugly llama sweater. Someone said, Pastor, that's not an ugly sweater, that's a cute sweater. And uh, I said, well, you know, I love llamas, they're cute. So anyway, but uh, they made me take it off because I guess for filming, it makes the cameras go all over the place. So uh, I will represent after the service, but it's just fun. How many of you are enjoying this Christmas season? Aren't you grateful? It's kind of fun to be just in a season where it seems like people are relaxed a little bit more and that, that little thing called COVID is kind of, you know, no one's, everybody's just kind of getting out and loving each other again and having fun and, and uh, it, it just is so, so, so good to be with you. Hey, a lot of, a lot of things, great things are happening and so I want to highlight a few of them that are so important uh, for you to take note is uh, next Saturday is Christmas Eve and uh, we're so excited. We have an incredible uh, Christmas. Eve production presentation. DeAndre and the team have done an amazing job. And so we're so excited. We've got four services for you. We have uh, 1.33, 4.30, and 6 p.m. We do want to encourage you family to try and come to 6 because a lot of people are going to come to the earlier ones. And so if you can come to 6, come to 6. 6 o'clock is the only service that will be online too. And so for those of you watching online right now, thank you for logging in. Uh, whatever city, state, country you're in, you're part of the family. 6 p.m. Next, Chris, next Saturday, Christmas Eve, online. It's the only service online. And so please make sure today that you uh, grab uh, uh, invitation cards. Uh, just take two or three. Grab, grab two or three or five or how many. Let's get the word out. This is the time of the year where people come to church. They come to cr- church Easter and Christmas, and people need to hear the good news. We, we have just an incredible fun presentation, and, uh, and I'm, I'm really believing that if you invite them in, God's going to do an amazing work. And so give an invitation to someone and then say, hey, I'll come with you. Come with me and the family. And uh, come a little early. We've got a hot chocolate cocoa bar. We've got photo booths out there, and, and it's just going to be a great time of Christmas Eve and worshiping God together. And so do your part. Invite. Invite as many people as you can. Second thing you can do, too, is uh, we also are looking for volunteers. Four services, a lot of volunteers. How many of you are grateful for all the volunteers that make services happen here at Mountain Park? And so we're, we're so grateful to all the volunteers. And so to do... To do uh, four services. It's just, it's a lot. And so we need some help. And so we're asking some of you to step up. We need help in parking. We need help running the cocoa. So if you, if you got the Christmas party thing, run the cocoa bar. It'll be fun. And people will love it. And that's just that joy. We need kids ministry. Uh, we need some help in the kids area. Um, and so volunteer. You can text uh, the words on the screen at ALFMPC to 77411, and uh, the team will get in touch with you. Again, let's finish the year strong. We've got people coming in. They're going to come for the first time. Let them feel welcomed and the hospitality, and let them feel served. Again, it's the way that we're showing our community and our city that we care and love. So that's so important. Then I want to let you know, too, um, we, the team and I, we've been praying and, and, and talking about just the flow on Sunday. And so after prayer and, and looking at kids' ministry, youth ministry, and transitions, we, we've decided to move this service from 10.30 to 10.45 in January. And in fact, 
Next Sunday, Christmas Eve, will, the online service will be at 1045. That allows more time for our kids' ministry to transition between services. And uh, people are just hanging out in the lobby way off to church. And we want you hanging out in the lobby because there's so much connecting. But what we're doing is we want to give more space for that. It's so important just to, to meet and connect with people. So it starts actually next Sunday, but it's online. Don't forget, if you show up to church next Sunday, no one's going to be here. But maybe you and someone else who forgot, start a prayer group and prayer walk the campus and put on your phone, watch online. No, next Sunday, both services, 9 and our new 10.45 a.m. service time will be online. We have put together a 35-minute Christmas service that we're, we're really excited about. It'll bless you. We're so excited to come into your home. Via the internet, okay? So it's okay. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to create a pastor's coming to my home. No, we're via the internet. We're excited to come into your home and to worship with you. And uh, it's going to be beautiful all across uh, our Tuki Channel, Tempe, wherever you're from, whatever neighborhood, people just worshiping online together. And people say, well, pastor, why aren't you having church on Christmas Day? Because we had four services the day before. And you know what? It's a way of us just giving the gift. We've been in the series, Gift Wrapped. This is a way of us giving a gift to our volunteers to say, hey, we're so grateful for you, all you've done during the year. And so, uh, you know, enjoy the family time and, and rest. And it's for our, our volunteers and our staff. And so uh, make sure you're here on Saturday. It's going to be amazing. And then Sunday, on church online. And then uh, I just got back from Lebanon. And uh, by the way, I heard Pastor Don Doe was incredible last weekend. Uh, I, I watched the message and... You know, he's one of my favorite communicators. And uh, you know what? You all blessed him when you all stood up and cheered and clapped for him. He told me, I got back Sunday night late. I called him. I said, how to go? He said, let me tell you something. I, I don't speak at a lot of places where people stand up and honor you. And I felt so honored. He goes, he goes just don't do that too much because you make me want to weep and then I have to preach. And so I said, you know what? At Mountain Park, we're all about honor. And so honor is a part of our, our culture that we want to build here at Mountain Park Church. But I was in Lebanon with a team, nine of us. And I know someone said, well, why didn't you guys pray for Lebanon before you went? Because Lebanon is a, is a very dangerous area. And so we didn't want to announce that we were there. We wanted to give you some information on the way back. Lebanon is a country of 5 million with 2 million refugees that have, have escaped from Syria. We were literally 20, 25 minutes from the Syrian border. We could actually just see the mountain where the border, Syria is on the other side. And we had the opportunity of going into refugee camps and, and talking to people and hearing their stories, rooms that were literally six by eight feet with, you know, anywhere from six to seven family, husband, wife, and all their kids in this room. And, and just the, the utter devastation in Lebanon right now, the economy has crashed. One dollar was a thousand Lebanese lira. One dollar now is 45,000. The economy has crashed. And so you see lines trying to get money at the ATM. The bank system has crashed. And so there's just poverty and chaos everywhere in Lebanon. And in fact, this past week, one of the United Nations uh, vehicles was attacked and an Irishman who's uh, in the United Nations uh, armed servicemen was killed. And so it's just a lot of tension in Lebanon. And so we had the opportunity to go and Heart for Lebanon has such a great reputation that no one touches them or messes with them. They're so loved because they are feeding thousands every week and sharing the good news and the love. And, and you know what's great is through your giving, we're a part 
part of that. We're a part of that ministry that is touching. And so, so I have some photos I want to put up really quick and give you uh, just a glimpse. These, these are uh, Syrian kids that we got to minister to as a team. And these kids cannot go to regular school once a week. Uh, they'll come in for a class. Or if they're lucky, they'll get into Heart for Lebanon School, which only does about 150 kids. There, there are hundreds of thousands of kids. And so our team got to go into some of the classes and to some of the afternoon clubs and minister. I got to preach to 200 Kurdish people, which probably over 60% of them are Muslims. And, and there were some people in the room that were there to make sure nothing weird was going on. And, and it, it was pretty intense, but it was fun to preach. And God was, God was moving. Pastor Greg Battle and I got to share as well to 75 um, uh, Sunni um, um, Christians and Muslims in the room, and we had a powerful time. The team, we got to pray, and we got some photos, I believe. Um, sorry, that's refuge. That's, that's some of the tents. They just build these shacks. It looks like shacks all over Lebanon. You'll find them. This is a photo actually from Heart for Lebanon, looking down on the one side. On the other side, it was a lot, way more tents all over. Uh, here's some pictures. You know, again, no running water. They're, trying to, they're just trying to survive in there. And I want you to know your giving is going to the gospel, going out to these people. There's uh, some of our team praying. We got to pray and hear the stories or testimonies of people that, uh, and uh, what an honor for us to pray. I mean, we got to meet people that said, you know, I got out and the next day, some of my family didn't get out and ISIS executed them. I mean, just stories that will blow your mind and you just look and go, you know, we're, we in the Western society are very comfortable. And these are people that when they give their faith to Jesus, you know, we think, well, wow, that's an exciting thing. It is exciting. In heaven, the Bible says angels rejoice over one person. You know, when they give their heart to the Lord in this country, their family excommunicates them. They're not allowed. To, they're cut off. And so, you know, I was really in Lebanon, impacted by sometimes the, the weight of salvation, the weight of salvation. Jesus paid a heavy price. And so a lot of great things happening in Lebanon. I'm excited to announce that Pastor Camille will be here in May. Uh, he's going to be, he's accepted an invitation to come and preach. Him and Hoda, his wife, will be from Lebanon. You'll get to hear way more about what's going on in, uh, uh, in Lebanon. So really, really great trip. Well, we, we've been in the series... Um, uh, gift wrapped, unwrapping gifts. And you know, Christmas is a great time to give gifts. Uh, my daughter's on the front row and Shay and you know, mom's put all the Christmas gifts out already around and, and uh, you know, and so she looks every day and she counts them and then she tells me how many gifts she has. And then she says, dad, how many more days? How many more days to Christmas? How many more days? I'm like, it's the same as I told you five minutes ago, eight, you know? And, uh, but it's fun. It's fun to give gifts and it's fun to, to be a blessing. In fact, we want to give to gifts. We want to honor some leaders uh, this morning. And so I, uh, we got some gifts here for, uh, let me see. We want to, we want to, I'm going to go first with Brad Coulter. Brad, uh, Brad is in the house. Brad Coulter. Where's Brad is so faithful every Sunday. You're awesome, brother. You're awesome, my friend. 
He's so faithful setting up out in the parking ministry and just getting everything set up before church and driving in the green machine. We call it the old green machine, the golf cart. And so he's just faithful in serving. We also want to bless one of our worship team members who just got married, uh, Chris Bandusky. I don't know where Chris is at, probably in the back somewhere. Is Chris out Can we get Chris out He just... Uh, he just got married, and so they're probably getting him in the back. Oh, there you are. I, I really like his shirt. You got the, you got the dopest shirt, brother. Love you. You're awesome. Hey, congrats on getting married, brother. Right on. Welcome to the club. <laughs> so good. It's fun to give gifts. And uh, just to honor, I wish we could get everybody, everybody a gift and... Uh, and because uh, it's, it's fun. Jesus said it's better to give, better to give than, than receive. It's a blessing in giving. And uh, when we have the hearts of giving, it makes such a difference. In this series, we've been talking about unwrapping God's gifts to us. In week one, we spoke about unwrapping hope and that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Speaking about Jesus, that when we put our faith in Jesus, we can stand on that hope. We can stand on him. He's the anchor that when the storms come and the waves go, we don't move. We're anchored in Jesus. He's our hope. And then last week, Pastor Don shared on, on peace and how we receive this peace and that he spoke about the importance that in this world, you're going to have times of anxiety and stress. But in those times, you can take that, you've got two choices. You can, you can either let that anxiety become a prison of anxiety that holds you captive and you stress about everything. Or you can take that anxiety, as Philippians chapter 4 says, and you can give it to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your mind and heart. You see, in Jesus, you can find hope. In Jesus, you can find peace. Well, let's jump in today and unwrap the, the next gift that we receive from God. Oh, I like this one. Today, we're going to unwrap joy. Joy. You know, if there's ever a time right now where the world needs something, is the world needs joy. The gift, unwrapping the gift of joy. Let's go today into Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. The angel appears to the shepherds. And think about it for a second. If you were a shepherd, taking tendering your flock of sheep, and an angel appeared. I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty afraid. I'd be like, whoa, what did I do wrong? Am I dead? Am I alive? And the angel says, no, 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 don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Oh, I like that. How many of you are like me when someone says, I've got good news and bad news? Give me the bad news first. And then give me the good news. Anybody, how many of you are like, how many of you are the other way around? You're like, give me the good news first because then I, I'm just going to think about that and not even hear the bad news. And if you're like, yeah, like self-deception in some sense. The angel comes and says, don't be afraid. I've got good news. And then he says, the angel says, that will what? This good news will what? Cause great joy. I've come to you, shepherds, to tell you. I've got good news that's going to bring great joy. Well, who is this for? For all people. I've got good news of great joy. For who? For all people. And that's so important as we jump into this passage today because John chapter 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, 
all people, anybody believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The angel comes and says, I've got this gift and it's good news. It's great joy. For who? For everyone. That's so important because, you know, there's so many people that in their faith and their walk with God, there's so many people that feel, I'm not good enough. Pastor, if you know the things that go in my mind, if you know the things that come out of my mouth, if you know the things I do, if you know the pain I've caused and the heartbreak towards others and the selfishness and the wickedness inside of my life, I, I'm not good enough. But the angel says, yeah, I've got some good news for you. It's great joy for everyone. No matter where you are in life today, no matter what you've done, there's good news for you today. Well, what is this good news in verse 11? The good news is this, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. The angel comes and says, oh, I've got, I've got some good news. And this news is great joy for everyone. And yes, the good news, a baby is born in a manger today. And yes, this is not just any baby. This is the Son of God. This is who? And he uses two powerful words, Savior and Messiah. Oh, I like that. You see, sometimes we read so quickly through the Bible that we don't pause to stop and say, what is going on here? What is being actually said here? Who is being described here? The angel says, I've got good news for you. There's great joy for everyone. And what is the good news? A savior, the savior is born. Your savior my Savior, the world's Savior, is born. The one that takes our sin and our pain and our brokenness and our shame and our guilt and all the mistakes of life, the one, the Savior that saves us from this darkness and calls us into light, who restores us to relationship with God, the one that paid the price, the Savior, the good news is he's born. I like that because sometimes people are waiting. The Jews are still waiting Here's the good news for everyone. He's already, he's already come. He's already gone to the cross. He's already paid the price. Salvation is for everyone. It's a free gift. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We'll never be good enough. It's been given and that's the good news. And then he says something, the angel says something so beautiful. A savior and Messiah. Oh, I like that. Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. The anointed one, that one on which God the Father bestowed his, his blessing and his anointing and his power on, the Messiah. Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 27, he talks about the anointing oil and the anointing of God that comes to remove yokes and burdens and destroy them. You see, the good news for you and I today is that Jesus is a savior for, for all of us. He's a savior we can put our faith in, but he's Messiah, anointed one. That you know what he does? He breaks the things the enemy's trying to do in our lives. The chains of bondings and addiction and all the sin. He breaks that power because he is the anointed one. And we get to live in relationship with him. You see, in life, so many people chase happiness and don't understand joy. You know, happiness is temporary. Happiness is situational, but joy is internal and eternal. Let me explain that for a second. Happiness Situational, 
I just looked on social media. Yes, I was on social media yesterday. Sometimes I just post through videos. And there was a woman in Vegas who you could see was going through a rough life. And she hit the, she hit the bingo. I don't know, hit the jackpot or whatever you want to call it. And then this woman was screaming, screaming, screaming. I, I first heard in the video screaming. I thought like someone's dying or something's happening. She, they, the, the guy runs around the video and there she is like, wow, yeah, baby. You know, my whole world's gonna change. I'm so, and you can see the happiness. But you know what statistics tell me? Said most people that win the jackpot or the lotto, give them five years. They're back in the same hole that they were in. Why? Because happiness doesn't transform or change you. Happiness is situational. People give to you, makes you happy. People take away from you, makes you unhappy. It's situational. You can chase happiness all day long. But joy is different. Joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. It's internal. I met people in Lebanon. I think of a man, Amid, who I met and spoke to our team. And he said, shared his story of fleeing out of Syria and to Lebanon. And after being there for a couple of years, he, he asked Jesus into his life. Devout Muslim came to faith in Jesus into his life. And him and his family signed up with the United Nations for refugee status. Now, I believe it was after five years, the UN came to him. Five years of living in, as, as unwanted in Lebanon, as rejected. And him and his, his, his kids and his wife in a small little room with a little heater. For, for five years, UN came to him and said, hey, Canada has approved. You and your family can go to Canada. They've opened up. You can get a job. And you and I would be like, whoa, that's, praise, that's a miracle. That's awesome. And you know what Amit did? Mead went to the United Nations for his appointment. And he said, no. We've decided to say no. And he began to share his story and I was so moved. And I'm like, why would you say no? You got a shot at a better life and medical and everything. And he started sharing how the Lord said, no, I want you to go back to Syria and tell your tribe about Jesus. In that moment, I was like, and he could see in our faces like, dude, you could go die if you went back. And he said, even if I have to die, it's worth it. You see, in the midst of living right now in chaos and persecution, he has a joy. He has a joy. He doesn't have a lot. He doesn't, he's in need. He's in want, but he has joy. Because joy is a choice, it's internal. Happiness is what's going on around you. You see, you can have as much toys and things in this world and you'll never find joy. You might find happiness for a season, but you won't have joy. Isn't it true? We go, like I like to go to Best Buy. I see something, Lord, I really want that. My precious. And then I'll save up and I'll count and then, you know, get plans and, and then I'll get that and I'm so excited I got it. But guess what? One week later, I don't even care. What's the next precious? <laughs> See, things don't make, will never bring joy into your life. Well, where do we find this joy? Where do we find this joy? Let's, let's jump into a couple of things today. Number one, if you take your notes, joy is found in the person of Christ. Joy is found in the person of Christ. 
You know, in Lebanon, the last couple of hours on the Saturday, we'd, the team said, hey, we've got a few hours. We're going to take you to some biblical sites. So they took us to uh, the Valley of Canaan where they believe the Jews will argue, but they say, we've we got historic proof. This is where Jesus turned the water into wine, and we went to that area. And then they took us up on this hill by this beautiful Catholic church, incredible building, and they said, we're going to take you to a cave. And so we were going to this cave, and there's a statue of Mary, and, and they say, this is the cave where the mother, Jesus' mother Mary, stayed in this cave while Jesus went down into Sidon and preached. He would go down and tell, and Jewish women were not allowed to go into that community. She had to wait for him, and this is the cave where Mary, and I have a photo of myself in the cave, and it's a beautiful cave, and pictures, and, and what's so interesting, people come from all the world will come to go in this cave and light a candle and, and do their thing and find, find this peace and, and, and lay things down and, and do all this. But I'm going to tell you something. Joy is not found in a place and joy is not found in a person. Joy is found in Jesus. No place. No, no thing. No person. Jesus. In fact, let's jump into the book of John chapter 15. And in John chapter 15, it's the, the passage on Jesus saying, I am the vine, you are the branch. He's literally saying that when you put your faith in Jesus, you're the branch that's grafted into the vine. He's the vine. He's the source. We've been talking about him, Jesus being the source of hope. Jesus being the source of peace. But Jesus is too the source of joy. And Jesus talks about this, this vine and that, 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 that you're the branch and that if you're in him, you're going to produce fruit. And we're going to talk next year in August, we're going to do a 10-week series on the fruit of the Spirit. That the things I want to be in God, those things only happen when I'm connected, when I'm grafted to the vine. And let's look at verse 9. And Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Very important. Jesus says this. Hey, now that you've given your heart to me and you're a Christ follower, here's what you need to do. You need to remain grafted to the vine. Salvation is the starting point. Saying yes to Jesus is the starting point. Now you've got to put your hand in his. You've got to be grafted and you've got to walk. That's what Jesus says. My sheep know my voice and what do they do? They follow. What is follow? Obey. We don't like to talk about obedience in the church. Well, pastor, talk about grace and talk about love and talk about mercy and make me feel good. And I will go home and keep living my life. No, 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 no. Jesus makes it very clear. Now that you've said yes to Jesus, you are grafted into a vine. You're a branch and you to produce fruit. You see, this passage in John 15 tells us two things. Number one, God calls for relationship. And number two, God calls for fruit. And Jesus says here, you've got to remain in me. There's some of you that are wondering, why am I up and down in my faith? It's because you're not remaining in Christ. You, don't, you come in on Sunday to church and you think that's enough. Man, we, we're, we're living in a world where you need Jesus every day. And Jesus says here, remain in me. Well, how do I do that? And he says, as I have obeyed the Father, so you are to obey me. And he says, as you walk in this obedience, the love of God flows. But then he takes it deeper in verse 11. He says this, I have told you this. I've told you about staying in me. I've told you about walking in obedience. Why? That my joy may be in you. And that what? And that your joy may what? Be complete. Yes. 
you can chase after so many things in this world and never be complete in joy. The only way for you to get complete in joy is to be connected to Jesus. I am the vine, the source of joy, the source, we spoke of peace last week, the source of hope. And for you to receive that as as it's coming through the roots, through the vine, into the branches, you've got to be connected. You've got to remain in me. And what will happen, and what happens so often in Christianity is we realize we need a savior. We realize that I'm a sinner. Yep, I get it. I've missed the bark. All have fallen short. Yep, I've thought things. I've done things. I'm guilty, guilty. Jesus died for me. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for my sins. But then we stop there. And Jesus says, come on, you need to go deeper. That's the starting point. Stay in me. Remain in me. Because as I'm the vine and you're the branches, I'm giving you hope. I'm giving you love. But then I'm going to fill you with joy and peace, but you got to walk in me, you got to stay in me, and so that's why we talk about being in the Word of God, the life journal, that's why we we talk about being group up, get in a group, why do we do all these things, just because we we like to have, look at numbers and go, so many people are journaling, so many, no, 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 because the Word of God, you need to feed on every day, just like a plant, if you don't give a plant nutrients, What happens to the plant? It dies. Just like my my brother-in-law, Cindy's brother, is a farmer, citrus farmer, organic citrus. Every year at the end of the season, you know what they do? They prune the trees. You know what? Jesus says God prunes us. Why? Produce more fruit. Produce more fruit. Pruning is not fun. That's where God sometimes says, come on, need you to obey me. Need you to get in your word. Need you to get some disciplines. Why? Because if you remain in me and I'm in you, my joy will be in you and my joy will make your joy complete. My joy will make your joy complete. Joy is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Second thing, if you take your notes, is joy is found in God's promises. God's promises. I love that. First Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse 20 says, all the promises of God are yes in him, are yes and what to our amen through Christ. You know what? We can have joy today. Why? Because God's promises are for us. You know, some people spend more time listening to the book of Facebook and the prophet of TikTok. <laughs> what do they have to say? Oh, pastor, did you see? Oh my gosh, we, oh goodness. The gospel of Fox News or CNN, or who knows what. No, no, no. There's only one gospel that I care about is, what does he say? And you know what he says? We win. You know what he says? I've got a place in heaven for you. We no weeping or gnashing of teeth, where there's no sickness and sin. I got that place. You know what he said? I'm going to prepare a mansion for you in heaven. But you know what he says here today? I am with you always. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. That's what, that's what the gospel says. The gospel says, my God shall supply my needs. The Bible says, if God is for me, who can be against me? You see, we can have joy in what? The promises of God. Oh, pastor, my happiness is leaking out. Did you see what happened this week with crypto? Oh, oh. 
My joy ain't based on this and that. My joy is based in the person, Jesus. My joy is found in what his promises because God said this, my word, my promises will not return to me void. They will accomplish the thing I sent them forth to do. God doesn't just give us his word. He backs it up with his name. And we can have joy no matter what we're going through. The third thing is joy is found in God's peace. Listen to James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Are you kidding me? Hello? Joy in trials? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That's something I need to work on. Anybody else? Patience? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. It's about 10% of you that are truthful, 90% of you are liars. I'll pray for you. Patience. What is he saying here? James writing saying, in the, in the midst of trials and storms and darkness, you still can have joy. Joy is a choice. Joy is a person. His name's Jesus. Joy in the promises. The disciples in the boat, the storm, the waves. These were fishermen. They knew the waves and storms. We're gonna die. What is Jesus doing? He's lying on his my pillow, taking a nap. The disciples wake Jesus up. What does he do? Walks up to the front. Wind and waves, be still. Guys, when are you gonna get it? Goes back to bed. <laughs> Jesus is with you in your life. If, you, if he's the vine and you're the branch, when the storms hit, the vine is gonna keep you stable. The vine will keep you stable. You're not gonna be ripped off because the vine is holding you and you can have joy in the midst of trials. Number four, joy is found in praise. There's something that happens when you open your mouth and begin to tell. You see, you keep telling God, God, let me tell you how big my problems are. No, my friend, it's time to have some joy that you're a child of the most high God, the King of Kings. It's time for you to tell your problems. Let me tell you how big my God is. Quit telling God how big your problems is. Tell your problems how big your God is. Open your mouth. The Hebrew word for praise is truach which means battle cry. Sometimes you just gotta, when you're down and out, get your battle cry song on. Sometimes you just gotta say, that's enough, devil. You're not gonna get in my family anymore. You're not gonna get in my finances. You're not gonna steal my joy. It's not over. My joy is Jesus. You know, there's a movie I love watching. It's probably a two hour, 40 minute movie. It's a, it's a really hardcore movie. I love this movie. Braveheart. Mel Gibson. Now, I, was, I, I will fast forward to the end where he, the English army is out there, massive English army, and he's got his face all blue. And what does he do? He, you can see his men are getting worried. What is he, they're getting nervous. Can we do this? There's too many. Let's run. Our wives, our kids. And what does he do? He, begin, he does the, they can take our lands. They can take our cattle. But they'll never take our freedom. And I just want to like jump in the movie screen and grab a sword and be like, yo, bring it on, Donkey Kong. I'm ready. Come on. You know what the Bible says about you? That there are angels that are waiting for you to open your mouth. 
there's angels of God that are waiting. The scripture teaches the angels are waiting for you to pray, to talk. When you open up and say, devil, you know what? You've attacked me. You've attacked my family. You've attacked my company. You've attacked our city. You've attacked our nation. I'm gonna get my battle. You might take this and that, but you're never gonna take my salvation. You're never gonna take my eyes off Jesus. You're never gonna, you're never. You gotta begin to tell him. You gotta get your battle cry on. Because you know what it does? Angels begin to move. Things begin to happen in your life. Why? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs teaches us that. But you've got to open because then joy begins to well up in you. Why? Because greater is he that is in you, the Bible says, than he that is in the world. You see, you begin to stir up the gift inside of you. You begin to stir what? The anointed one, Jesus. Remember, the angel said, good news, Savior, Messiah. The Messiah's authority power is over your life. You're not letting fear tell you. No, 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 I'm talking about faith. I've got good news. Great joy for all people. Messiah, anointed one. Savior, king. My joy is in Jesus. My joy is in his promises. My joy is in his peace. My joy is in praising him. David stands before Goliath. And I can imagine David standing before Goliath going, man, that's a, you're a big dude. You're a lot bigger in front when I was up on the hill. You're big. Your armor is heavy. Wow. Wow, you're impressive. I've heard about you, Goliath. But let me tell you, Goliath, you're not fighting me. Let me tell you, Goliath, come closer. You're fighting God. You're trying to fight in the flesh. No, no, no. I got to praise, Goliath. You're fighting God. You've defiled the armies of God. Some of you have got to begin to tell your situation and circumstances. I'm happy, there's a joy, I'm full of joy because my joy is complete in Jesus. My joy is complete in Jesus. And the last one is this, joy is found in people. When I say people, yeah, people are not your joy, but the people of God, God uses to be a blessing to you. There's some of you in this room, I'm gonna challenge you next year, beginning of January, you're gonna hear more about it. We're gonna do our next group up. We're gonna start a midweek. Midweek here, we're gonna have some worship, a 10 minute teaching, break into women's groups, men's groups, couple groups. Those of you that meet in homes, keep meeting in homes. Those of you that meet at coffee shops, keep meeting coffee shops. There's gonna be a Wednesday night, there's a group of ladies starting a woman's, uh, the, the moms that don't work and have kids, there's gonna be a ministry Wednesday morning. Get in a group because you need people. Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. Sometimes you need people in your life that are going to stand with you, pray with you, challenge you. Because you know what? Some of us have people in our lives that all they do, do, I call them joy suckers. They suck the joy out of you. How do you know Jesus is real? What about going to that church thing you go to? A bunch of weirdos. And we begin to cut out the nonsense, man. Get some people in your life that will call things out of you and believe and stand with you. Because then you find joy. We are better together doing life together. I want to close in prayer with uh, Psalms 51 verse 12. Great, great prayer of David here. David says this, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You know what David's praying here? God, I'm in the midst of it and I feel down and out, but thank you today. Remind me, remind me I'm your child. Remind me that some of you today that you need to invite Jesus into your life by simply saying, I need you, Jesus. Please come into my life. There's some of you that have forgotten. God, would you remind me that you, you love me and you chose me.
I'm a branch that's being detached. I need to be connected to the vine again. And he says, uplift me. God, some of you today just need, God, I need you to, you uplift me. You need to lift me up today, God. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your hope. Fill me with your joy. Father, I thank you today for your presence in this place. You know each one of us. God, we turn to you today. We open our hearts to you. You know where we're at in life. Thank you today for forgiving us of our sins. The Bible says if we call on your name, we will be saved. So God, for some of us today, remind us. Remind us of the incredible gift we have received in Christ Jesus. Thank you today. Would you, God, restore to us the joy of being your children? Would you restore to us the joy of the grace and mercy, the hope, the love, the peace, the joy? Would you lift us up today? Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, this Sunday, we're getting ready to partake of our gift for a king offering. And we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. And in the seat pocket in front of you is an envelope. And uh, people have been asking me, Pastor, what's the deal with gift for a king? You know, the wise men in the Bible, we spoke about it in week one, when they came to Jesus, they bowed down and worshiped him. And they presented to Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, a gift for a king. Frankincense, honoring him as a high priest. And myrrh, myrrh was a picture that one day he would die. Myrrh was used to embalm that Jesus would die. King, high priest, lamb that was slain. And so we've been talking about this Christmas. What is a gift for a king that we could do? How, how do, he's given us so much. How can we give back to him? This is a gift that's above our tithes and offerings. In fact, I've, week one and two in the video spoke briefly about this is a seed of faith for next year. We have some projects here at the church that it's gonna take us to the next level. And so I'm asking you for, yeah, God's house to sow a seed of faith. Again, it's above your tithes and offerings. I wanna encourage you, you can do something. Some of you, maybe it's a little bit. Some of you can do something big. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, you do it unto the Lord. It's a gift for a king. It's not about the projects. It's about a gift for a king. I don't know about you, but I know for my wife and I, we've got our check ready. We we spoke about what we're going to give, and I've got my gift for a king offering ready. And I know some of you have already given online this week, and thank you so much for sowing your gift for a king already. Again, this is above. It's the seed of faith above your tithe and offering, and it's a gift for the king at Christmas time. You know, I said to you, my daughter's been counting presents, and daddy got so many and so many. But this is the greatest present we're given this Christmas. It's the greatest gift. It's a gift for a king because there is no one greater. He has given us so much hope, peace, joy. Christmas, I'll talk about love. He's given us so much. So I want to encourage you today to pray. Maybe you want to take a moment. Maybe you already know you've been praying as a couple. You can also text to give if you want to, and uh, you can just text Mountain Park to the number 77411. Online, I want to encourage you, those of you watching online, you can do that right now. Go to our website or text the number 77411. The giving tabs will pop up. You can click on the tab, and you'll see Give for a King, and you can click on that. Different ways to give. So I want to encourage you today. Something amazing happens. When your something and my something and your something comes together, God will take that, multiply it, and do something incredible. As I've been praying about next year, I always do this. God, what is the focus for next year? 
The word he gave me was harvest. We've been in a season of transition. New senior pastor, a lot of changes in the church. Refocusing and sharpening. But I'm really believing next year is gonna be a year where we're gonna see more and more people coming to Jesus. It's not about a big church. It's about reaching as many people for Jesus. Because in the end, Jesus is not coming back for buildings. He's not coming back for book. He's not coming back for worship albums. He's coming back for people. That's what he's coming back for. And I'm really excited to partner with you in faith today and next year that we're gonna begin to see God transform our community, our city. The Bible says we're to be light on a hill. I believe that light shines brightest in the darkest hour. In our nation right now, it's a dark hour. But may the church shine the brightest. Because I believe the church is the only answer. Jesus is the only answer for what's going on in the world today. Amen. So let's get ready to give a gift to a king. I want to invite the the ushers up, I'm gonna pray over it. So if you wanna hold it in your hand or hold your phone or whatever you wanna do online, I wanna encourage you as well to be a part of this today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Father, this is not about even projects. It's not about, it's about you today. So we're going to this Christmas season. The best gift is, it's a gift we can give to you because you gave everything for us. You gave your life, Jesus. And so I wanna pray today over this offering, over the tithes and offering, over the gift for a king offering, that you would bless it, God. I think today is Hebrews chapter 11, verse six is, without faith it's impossible to please you, but those who come believe who you are, God, must believe who you are. You reward those that seek you. As we come today with a faith offering, a gift for a king offering, I thank you that you know our needs, you know our situations. And so Father, as we plant the seed, would you bless it and multiply it? And thank you that you promised to take care of us. So we bless you now in Jesus' name.